Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to our listeners joining us today. I am Will Heisentruitt, and this is Sometimes Baseball. Per usual, I am joined by my good friend, co-host, David Bourne. How's it going, David? Hey, Will. How are you today? I'm doing fantastic. I'm also doing fantastic because... Wait. <laughs> I'm doing fantastic. Uh, I'm feeling pretty good because we're also joined by our good friend, Bobby White. How's it going, Bobby? Loving life, man. Steelers 8-0. Can't get better than that. Yes, your uh, beloved Pittsburgh Steelers are atop the power rankings for a lot of people. <laughs> they are the only undefeated team left in the National Football League. All right, let's run through our agenda. Uh, we're always going to start off with the what you've been thinking, and then we're going to have our favorite moment from the playoffs because we still haven't addressed <laughs> the playoff finish yet uh we're gonna look at free agency uh i always have a lot of fun with it david's doing a little dance over there <laughs> he loves his free agency and then we're gonna do our draft of best mlb player nicknames and we're gonna bring it all home with the song lyric or movie quote of the day if any of our listeners have a fun draft they want us to do you can be a part of this show all you have to do is reach out to us on either Instagram or TikTok. On Instagram, you can DM us at sometimes baseball. And on TikTok, you can reach us at sometimes.baseball. This draft is courtesy of Bobby White. Additionally, if you like our logo, head on over to teespring.com slash store slash sometimes baseball. If you don't like any of the current designs, you can reach out to our email, which is sometimes baseball at gmail.com. All right, David, what you've been thinking? Um so a second ago, I wasn't actually doing a little dance. Uh, I was trying to rub out a cramp in my leg because uh, I was just like running some routes with some friends of mine at the park and uh, we're getting old. <laughs> so yeah, uh, don't really like it, but uh, the, the body is, is certainly getting older. So that, that's the explanation for my little dance. Gotcha. All right. I was wondering what that was. It didn't look normal. I thought you were just excited because the free agency time is here for the playoffs. But uh, oh, I, I certainly am. But uh, my legs are also killing me at the same time. <laughs> wow. What a what a sobering thought that is. We're getting older. I feel like I've talked about that before um, with all the superstars that are younger than us now. Um, but uh, <laughs> definitely. Uh, I've run into that problem a lot. You guys know where I just am hurt all the time. Part <laughs> of the charm. What? Part of the charm. Yes, it is. All right, Bobby, what you been thinking? Um, so after spending 12 days down in the South, I am willing to say that the fast food in the South is 10 times better than anything we have up here. Right at, right at the top, I got to go Bojangles. Shout out, Coach. Bojangles is absolutely fantastic. Other than that, we've got Canes and Cookout. We need at least one of those up north. Yeah, like that. that's why I like the South. Like their seafood, they or not seafood, fast food. They, they go all in for it. But I also think that's part of like the charm of the South is like that you have to go down there to get it. I don't know. So maybe if they came up north, it wouldn't be as special. I don't know. I, I could eat Bojangles every day of the week. Oh, I could too. But it makes it more special that you can go down, that you got to go down there. <laughs> um, uh, I'll give you Bojangles and I'll also give you Cookout. But I have to say, I've been to Cane's once and after all the hype, I was so disappointed. Oh, no. I, I thought it was the most overrated food experience oh, that I no. possibly ever had. I felt like I could have gone to Popeye's and gotten an equally as impressive meal. I started my trip with some canes, ended it with some canes. You can go to Ohio, man. They've got them up there. That's where I went. But um, oh yeah, they 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 do kind of sneak into the Midwest a little. Yeah, it was it was sort of strange, but yeah, I like the other two. It wasn't you know canes was good, but uh, I had heard for years all these things about canes, and I was like, all right, you know, this is solid chicken, but I don't know if it's great. Yeah, I I don't know enough about um. Well, here's a question. Is uh, have either of you guys had In and Out Burger? Also overrated, in my yeah, opinion. I was gonna say overrated or underrated. I, I think have not had overrated. 
but yeah, I, um, I'm with you, Will. I, I thought it was a good burger, sort of like Cane's. I thought it was, uh, you know, overall good meal quality for sure. But for years, uh, people were hyping it up, and I was like, all right, it's it's good. You know, I don't know if it's much more than that. Yep, yep, yep. All right, uh, here's my thoughts. Um, so David and I hung out over the weekend <laughs> for a day or two, and um, he always calls me the dip guy. <laughs> And so today at the grocery store, I went um, to go pick up buffalo chicken dip uh, supplies. And I was wondering, because, um, yeah. and I was wondering, is there anything you guys are like subtly good at that like isn't like an actual like marketable skill? Because <laughs> I think I'm good at making buffalo chicken dip. So I'm the dip guy. Dave, what are you? What guy are you? What guy am I? Um... I don't know. I'm pretty good at remembering song lyrics. That's yeah. uh, like one of my go-to song and movie references. I can, I can make pretty quickly, but um, that's not like something I can pitch to people as much as like, you know, I can make a mean Buffalo chicken dip. So uh, I don't know. I, I might have to think about that one more. No, it, your, your skill with the song lyrics is very uh, um, impressive. Um, I'm going to get later into my song lyric that I chose of, how I misremember song lyrics. <laughs> and you always seem to have them right down to the commas and semicolons and whatnot, all the punctuation. Bobby, what, what, uh, what guy are you? Oh boy. It's a tough one. Uh, I don't know. Only, uh, I'm above average at 2K. <laughs> the 2K guy. <laughs> Dave, ain't bad. Ain't a bad guy. <laughs> ain't a bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'll have to cut some of that. <laughs> um. All right. Uh, now we're gonna shift gears into our favorite moment from the playoffs. Bobby, what do you have for us? Um. I'm actually yeah. So moment wise, I'm gonna take game two of. The what is it? Oh crap! Just start over. Um, yeah. Sixto's first start. That's uh, wait, would that be wild card series? Yeah, yeah, we're gonna call that wild card series. Yeah, all right. Any reason? Um, oh boy, man, total mind blank right here. Um, just absolutely electric. Um, the first time he was really on the uh, national stage, and he—I mean—he only pitched five innings, but the uh, the six Ks he had, and he had—I want to say like fifty percent of the fastest pitches of the division series. So yeah. he was absolutely humming the ball. It was definitely a joy to watch him uh, pitch. Um, he everything he threw would just look so like heavy, you know what I mean? Like it felt like he was throwing bowling balls up there. Like these hitters, like it was really coming at him fast, but they really couldn't do anything with it. And everything was kind of like just soft contact. He didn't give up a run, right? No, it was say five innings, four hits, six Ks. Yeah, like it, it was just, he just really looked dominant out there. Um, it is a warning sign to the rest of the NL East because the Marlins are coming. Uh, Dave, where were your thoughts watching that start? He's a beast. I love watching him. He's a weirdo out there. He's always like shaking around and, you know, doing K struts, all that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, kids an animal really looking forward to uh, what can come out of the future. And that first playoff start was just, just a glimpse of it. Yes. Six o'clock. All right. Here's my favorite moment for the playoffs. I touched on this uh, when I talked with Carrie earlier this year, it was the Brasso versus Chapman at bat. The epic 10 pitch at bat that ultimately uh, uh, Brasso hit a fastball into the left center field seats in Petco Park to give the Rays the lead and ultimately the victory in the ALDS versus the Evil Empire, the New York Yankees. <laughs> um, I just love the drama behind it because uh, Chapman had thrown above Brasso's head earlier in the season. And just that whole at bat, you could tell Brasso was going to go deep. Because, like, he, he, Chapman, he couldn't throw the sliders uh, for strikes. 
Brasso was hitting balls out of the stadium 900 feet. Uh, <laughs> he fouls him straight back, and I knew that next pitch, he has to throw the fastball. He let it leak over the middle of the plate. Brasso took him to deep left center. Yeah, and as you said, the the backstory and all that, it was just so perfectly built up. And um, especially for it to end like that was was a really awesome storyline to follow. Yes, it was baseball poetry at its finest. It's, it's the moments you live for as a fan. It's just like, this is what baseball is. <laughs> you just become so attached to a specific moment. So, I don't know. Bobby, thoughts on that? Yeah, I think you guys touched on it. I'm pretty anti Roldish Chapman. So I was I was personally very pumped when when he hit that ball out. Agreed, agreed. Dave, what's your moment? Um, so I think the big one that stands out in particular was uh game four, that last inning. Of course, Brett Phillips hits the walk off, which was an awesome story in itself. But um right before that there's there's one out in the ninth inning there's a runner on and Randy Rosarena walks up to the plate. And that moment felt like we were about to watch like the best baseball player in history do something like the Dodgers are huddling up on the mound, talking about whether they're going to walk somebody into scoring position. Joe Buck is on the broadcast making Barry Bonds references <laughs> as a Rosarena is up there. And then of course he's just at the plate stone faced as ever just, having hit 10 postseason home runs already like huge game on the line and ended up grinding out a pretty tough walk. But I just remember being on the edge of my seat, that entire, uh, that entire at bat. I was with a good buddy of mine. We were watching the game and it was so much fun. Like all the buildup for that too was, was pretty epic. And uh, the result of course, a walk was not too dramatic, but everything that led up to it was by far my favorite moment of the postseason. Yeah. Bobby, I'm going to let you get your thoughts in before I go in on that. Um, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I was actually at a uh, Halloween party that night. So, um, uh, I caught, caught the, uh, well, my phone was blowing up and I was like, Oh, like I'll check it out in the morning. Got home pretty late. Uh, placed a bet for raise money line. Saw that before I went to bed, saw that it hit. And I was like, Oh, it's pretty cool. Well, I opened up Instagram the next morning and I was like, oh, my Lord, I may have missed uh, one of the uh, craziest endings in history. So it, it I certainly missed that one. <laughs> that that inning is certainly up there with everything that uh, they all hoped for um, in the postseason. <laughs> and um, for, well, for me, that at bat, my heart was pounding out of my chest because I was fully expecting Randy Rosarena to go deep <laughs> to give the Rays the walk-off win. Like, I was like, this is a foregone conclusion. I'm just waiting to see how bad of a pitch is. <laughs> and um, But, yeah, he ended up working out the walk, and I was just like – I still – I never felt like the Rays are going to lose that game. I don't know what it was, but I, I just felt like the Rays are going to win this, or Rosarena is going to do something crazy – he does, <laughs> thanks to Brett Phillips. Uh, but, yeah, great baseball game. Uh, unfortunately, they did not win the series. Um, other um, big moments from the playoffs that really stood out to me, uh, Corey Seager really reestablishing himself in the majors. Um, he won the a NLCS and World Series MVP awards. Um, really big uh, for him to really establish himself after winning the Rookie of the Year, then going down with Tommy John surgery. Um, other ones, obviously the Cody Bellinger <laughs> home run robbery of Tatis and then the follow-up of Machado and the Dodgers bench going back and forth. Uh, Bruce Star Greater also in, involved in that, just throwing his hat in like the middle of the seventh inning. That was fantastic. <laughs> uh, Mookie Betts showing off uh, why he wins all these gold glove awards, robbing homers, um, just really being spectacular out in right field. Um, other big moments, uh, Carlos Correa uh, hitting that walk-off home run. Um, that was pretty cool. Um, I feel like I've gotten back around to kind of respecting him. Um, <laughs> but uh, Manny Margot going over the wall in right center or right field, that was pretty awesome. Um, I don't know, other, other big moments for you guys? 
Another one that stuck out to me was um, everybody was hyping up that Shane Beaver, Garrett Cole matchup, you know, to be the greatest <laughs> matchup of all time. And um, just four pitches into the game, Aaron Judge hit an absolute nuke, which sort of just set the tone for the postseason. Like, you know, there's going to be a lot of home runs and they're going to be they're going to be big ones. They're going to be huge. So uh, that's one that sticks out to me as well. Yep. Or um, Luis Robert hitting that ball to the left in Oakland that went like 490 feet. <laughs> that was that was a missile. Bobby, uh, Kershaw finally getting a moment in the, in the World Series and uh, showing up for yes. both of his starts. That was that was big for uh, for his uh, psyche, I guess, for years to come. Yeah, definitely his legacy for sure. Um, people are really going to come back around to respecting Clayton Kershaw in the postseason. Uh, another big one is uh, Julio Urias closing out the NLCS and the World Series in multi-inning performances. Uh, this is a guy that was so hyped as a prospect because he was like 12 entering the majors. Um <laughs> And uh, he, he really got that big moment and people are like, oh yeah, he's still like 24. All right. <laughs> like, let's see what else he's got. Um, so that, that was pretty cool to see. Um, trying to think what else. Tim Anderson, first player in MLB history to have three hit games, his first three postseason games. Yes. That was, that was really cool. Um yeah, like seeing all these guys for the first time in the playoffs, uh, him and Jose Abreu both, uh, they really showed up. Um, unfortunately, their pitching staff did not. Um, but, yeah, uh, overall, uh, what, what were you guys' ratings on the postseason out of 10? I personally, with the new format um, and just kind of like the way it went with like the no fans in the stands, but then there's some fans in the stands, uh, I don't know. I feel like some of the moments were a little dry, but still like for us as baseball fans, like they're awesome. Um, I, I would give it a seven, seven in terms of what this playoffs was like, Bobby. Yeah, I think, uh, Oh, so, sorry to cut you off there, but I think um, you hit the nail on the head when you said that some of the moments were sort of dry. I know I was talking to a friend of mine about that, game four of the world series ending and we said like would that have been nearly as cool if no fans had been there you know and, and there was no background noise like nobody was really hyping it up all that but um i was glad that the fans were able to finally get in but the beginning yeah without the fans was a little slow but you said it pretty well we're, we're big baseball fans i still had a good time watching it so i think seven's a pretty fair score yep yeah i agree i think the i think the early rounds were more exciting because there was so much so much so much baseball uh those games that there were eight games like that was on all day it was like wow all right yes the eight game days were fantastic uh, <laughs> i literally sat on the couch for i think it was like what 14 consecutive hours and just watched baseball it was great I was flipping back and forth. The innings were lining up where I never saw any commercials. Like, it was fantastic. <laughs> it was football-esque. Like, it felt like football Sundays. Yeah, like college football. Like I feel like college football more so. But, yes, yeah. overall, it was fantastic. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think a, a seven is a good score for that. Um, yeah, man, the, the fans down in Tampa Bay, I know they get a bad rap, but – when they're in the postseason, yeah, they fill it up. And to, they would have blown the roof off um, when a Rosarena scored on that. <laughs> that would have been awesome. All right. Now we're going to go into our free agency discussion. David assembled the top 10 free agents. Uh, would you? Can you kindly list them off for us, David? Yeah, you're gonna have your uh, give, give me two seconds on that all one right. to list all of them. Give me one sec, and then I will intro us back into it. Here, I'll start talking about. Uh, well, all right. Well, to start off our free agency discussion, uh, Robbie Ray is the first free agent off the board. He signed a one-year, eight million dollar contract to sign back with the Toronto Blue Jays. Your guys' thoughts on that, real quick? Blue Jays need arms. 
uh, yep. at the end of the day. Some innings for you. So, yeah, I'll, I'll take a one-year deal for him. Yep. Yeah, I, I agree with that. They Their rotation last year was very brutal. And one of – another name to look at is that Tywon Walker, who they traded for, mm-hmm. they could – they could get him for – he's probably looking at a one-year deal, so. Yep. Yep, yep. Blue Jays are an interesting team to watch this offseason. All right, David, uh, you assembled the top ten list of free agents on the market. We're going to break down each of them. Um, can you list off the ten names first? Yes. Yeah, so per some article that was written on MLB.com about a week ago, the top ten free agents are JT Realmuto, Trevor Bauer, George Springer, DJ LeMayhew, Marcelo Zuna, Marcus Stroman, Marcus Semyon, DD Gregorius, Michael Brantley, and Justin Turner. Thank you. All right. So what we're going to do with this, this is uh, we each have three free agents that we looked into, um, kind of get an idea of like who their suitors are and what the prediction are, is for what team they're going to sign with. Um, and then we also had a, a one that we're all going to look at, which is going to be Trevor Bauer. So I believe Bobby has JT Realmuto and David has. Who's your Springer. first guy? I've got George Springer. Yeah. Okay. So I believe Bobby has JT Realmuto. We're going to start with him. David has George Springer. I have DJ LeMayhew. We're kind of just going to go in a circle like that. And we're going to end with Trevor Bauer. All right, Bobby. Let's hear about Real Muto. Um, I would say, arguably, probably, yeah. I would, say, I would, I would say that he's the best overall catcher in the league. So he is very. He's going to be sought after. The two teams that will look heavily into him are the Phillies and the Yankees. Um, I. Don't really know what his uh, what he will want to do. Like if he's more money based or if he's more win based. But uh, I think the Yankees are going to be after him in both of those. I think the Yankees is probably the best fit for him in terms of win now and getting paid more. Interesting, because I'm he- I'm hearing his name connected with the Mets a lot. In addition to uh, the Phillies, I- I'd be interested to see if the Yankees are really out on Gary Sanchez, I think they might be. <laughs> yeah. Based, based on how they manage or how Boone managed him in the playoffs, it seemed like it, it might be coming to an end for him. Yeah. Kyle Higashioka was getting the bulk of the starts, which is. I was just about to say that if, if you're getting passed over for Kyle Higashioka, I think the team's sort of losing faith in you a little bit. Yep. David, uh, what are your thoughts on uh, Real Muto as a Phillies fan? Um, everybody is is trying to get me real riled up and saying he's not coming back to the Phillies. I'm hearing a lot of Mets talk as well. The Yankees could use a guy like that too. But um, honestly, I'd like to think that an organization cannot be that deaf to just so many things like to let JT Real Muto walk like that. You gave up a haul for him. We talked about Sixo Sanchez earlier in the episode. And I, I can't comprehend the idea that even in a front office, that's <laughs> as iffy with decisions like the Phillies are, I, I just can't conceive the idea that they would let him walk. It, it boggles my mind. If they do, I will honestly be furious because I just don't know what the plan is at that point. Yep. So I think right. he's coming back. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Uh, some emotion behind that call. Uh, Bobby, what uh, what's your prediction for Rio Muto? Man, I just I think I think the Yankees are going to get get a little desperate and go after him. I think he's going to go. I I don't. I just I think he the the thing that gets me is the video of. I don't think he can deal with the uh, bullpen anymore. Granted, it was last year, but him rolling his eyes when. Um, Jared Hughes. Oh, was it Tony Watson? It's Jared when Hughes. Tony Jared. Watson entered this the game. Oh, he he was done. 
yeah that was pretty funny and <laughs> i watched like the replay of that i think john boy did a whole thing on that but like jared hughes was like sprinting into the game through one pitch gave up a three-run homer and left <laughs> and he was just like what is what are we doing here <laughs> but yeah definitely uh I-, I think he stays with the phillies david thinks so as well david uh all right let's hear about springer now George Springer, I'm saying, will end up with the New York Mets. Uh, of course, they have Steve Cohen, who's got his brand new toy, and he's, what, a multi-billionaire, so he's got plenty yes. of money to spend. Yes. And um, I think the Mets are going to be making a lot of moves this offseason, and um, they have a really deep lineup right now, which allows, say, a Brandon Nimmo, maybe even a Dom Smith to become expendable, move some pieces around in the outfield, open up a spot for George Springer. So, uh, yeah, I think he will be headed to New York and he will be the new face of the New York Mets. All right. Um, that, that's, I haven't heard that uh, team before. What other uh, teams are in need of outfield help from your perspective? I guess even the Astros would, would be one team where you think if George Springer leaves, that's a huge hole in that lineup. But are they really willing to commit that much money when – they're sort of reaching the end of their twilight. You know, they don't have Justin Verlander next year. Um, Yeah. So I guess the Astros could be one, maybe even Atlanta, if they choose to move on from Marcelo Zuna and sign another bat or um, yeah, it's, it's a scary thought as, as a fan of another team in the, in the NL East, but overall, I don't think there's many teams that couldn't use a guy like George Springer. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I know my nationals, um, I've had thoughts about Springer just because we let Eaton go. Um, I, I foresee us pursuing some outfield help, at least like a big bat or something. Uh, but I'll get into that later um, with another free agent on the market. Uh, yeah, my, my prediction is uh, I, I think Springer stays in Houston. That's my prediction. I don't think it's a good decision, but I think that's what's going to happen. I could see it happening for sure. Yeah, because they still got to pay Altuve like $30 million a year. Bragman, a lot of money. Granky. Rhea, I think, or they're going to. I don't know. It, 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 it's not looking good for them. Twilight Zone. Bobby, what's what's your prediction for Springer? Where's he going? Um, I was reading earlier in the uh, – right when offseason first started that the uh, Red Sox were thinking about spending money, which is kind of ironic with – how the Mookie thing went. So uh, that that yeah. could be that could be interesting. And there's they're also talking about not re-signing uh, JBJ. So I, I I can't I can't go with the Red Sox though. But I just I thought that was an interesting little thing that they were interested in him. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I think. I would, yeah. I, th- I think I'm gonna go with the the Steve Cohen Mets. That that it makes a lot of sense with all that money. It makes sense, if yeah. Just, if he just starts throwing it like the last people did with Joanna Cespedes, just doing that with everyone, but could get dangerous. Yeah. Jeez. All right. Uh, my first free agent I'll be talking about is DJ Lemayhew. Uh, so in 2020, he led the AL in average on-base percentage, OPS, and OPS+. plus. He's going to finish uh, in the top four in both – in MVP in both years that he's in he's in New York. His slash line over the two years is 336 batting average, 386 on-base, 536 slugging, 922 OPS, and a 145 OPS+. Plus. He's been – Yeah, not bad at all. Um he has been the cog that keeps on going for the Yankees order. Um, so here are the teams that need a second baseman. Obviously the Yankees, um, I think they would love to re-sign him. Um, maybe the Mets, uh, if they move uh, McNeil, the outfield, uh, the Nats could use a second baseman. They just lost three in this offseason. season. <laughs> um, uh, the St. Louis Cardinals, they moved off of Wong. Uh, and to a lesser extent, uh, the Dodgers, um, as Kike left, but I, I don't think that's going to happen. They have Gavin Lux and uh, Corey Seager. Um, 
the Mariners, they could be gearing up for a playoff run in the future and they need a bat at some point, but I still think they're a year away from spending money and the Padres to a lesser extent as uh, Jerks and Profar left, but they also have Jake Cronenworth and uh, other guys as well. I don't know if it's going to happen, um, but it could. They moved off of Luis Urias last year. Um, in terms of my prediction, I'm going to go a little bit off the beaten path, and I think this is really what's going to happen is the St. Louis Cardinals are going to sign DJ LeMahieu. The Cardinals finished 26th in OPS in 2020 and would be looking for those impact bats. Why did they let go of Colton Wong? I, they've got something in mind. <laughs> they've got something in mind. They, they, they're both gold glove second basemen, uh, but DJ's bat is way better. And uh, I think he, he he's going to add a big piece uh, with Goldschmidt there. I don't know. What are you guys' thoughts? Um, I don't. I just I can't see how New York loses him. I, I think I, I think they feel better with Glaber Torres at second base and signing one of these other shortstops on the market. But that might just be me. I, I can see the Yankees getting uh, Andrelton Simmons just to put him in as like a defensive guy because they've got a lot of bats. I yeah, don't know. But DJ, DJ's been their most consistent guy the last, what, two, three years? So I don't know. Yeah. I, I just, I, I find it hard to believe that they would want to get rid of that. I, I think the Yankees go more pitching this offseason than hitting. That's fair. I got to say, I hadn't thought about St. Louis before 30 seconds ago, but I like that. I like that a lot. Um, I'm sure Gary likes it. (laughs) Yeah, you you know that's an organization that's always willing to spend money. And like you said, Colton Wong's gone for a reason. So they got something in mind. They've got, you know, a couple guys they could plug in, but they're not big names by any means. So I I think that'd be a good fit for sure. Yeah, the more and more I looked at it, the more and more I was like, They've they've got something about like this kind of makes sense, so I don't know that that was, that was just me. All right, uh, Bobby, you had Marcel Ozuna. Yeah, so Marcel Ozuna led the league in the yeah he led the MLB with or no he led the NL with nineteen yes, home runs. The, he, yes, he led the NL with the Braves in his one year contract. I think. A lot of it will come down to um, what the universal DH rule is, because mm-hmm. I think he gets more money if that rule stays – or more years guaranteed if that stays into effect. Um, but if not, I, I've been seeing that he's uh, probably going to be getting more one-year deals. Um until the new CBA comes out a year later. Um, but again, if, if it comes down to a one-year deal, I, I think, I think Atlanta tries to re-sign him. They're not really, they're not paying anybody much right now. Why not give him some money? That might be a good call. Um, yeah, I, I think the uncertainty at the moment definitely definitely leans him towards an AL team. Um, maybe somebody like the Blue Jays. Uh, I don't know, but they have Rowdy Tellez. Um, I've been thinking Houston. Houston? Depending on what happens with a couple of their names. Interesting. If Springer leaves, if Brantley leaves, that opens up. Well, what do you do with Jordan Alvarez? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question as well. I forgot they they have him coming back because he's not exactly a Gold Glove winning winning outfielder. But um, yeah, I don't. That's a good question. <laughs> but yeah, um, Bobby, what, what where do you think he ends up? Braves. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go with the re-sign of the Braves. Not a bad call, Dave. Where do you think he goes? I'll say back to Atlanta as well. But that's that is extremely dependent, as Bobby said, on the uh, the universal DH coming back. And I also think it's absolutely asinine that we are approaching free agency and the MLB has not made an official ruling on that. 
<laughs> well, the MLBs, uh, they're getting known now for making last second decisions. They added, they made, yeah. <laughs> they made the expanded playoffs like three hours before the start of the season. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. Um, but yeah, definitely. Uh, actually, now I'm kind of seeing Astros um, getting Ozuna as like a possibility. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I think Braves makes sense. He he thrived there. Um, and he loves those guys. Like just watching him hit homers in the playoffs, taking screenshots, <laughs> running around the bases. That was pretty fun. All right, uh, David, let's hear about Marcus Stroman. All right, so Marcus Stroman, of course, started the year off hurt with the Mets, and then by the time he was healthy, I think it was like late August, and he just sort of said screw it and opted out for the rest of the year. But um, he is a New York guy, obviously one team in New York that needs plenty of pitching help, like one of you touched on earlier, was the New York Yankees. So I think that's where he's going to end up. The Yankees do have Severino and maybe Domingo Germain coming back. I don't really know if there's any clarity on what his situation is yet, but um, they definitely need arms. I think if you can throw Marcus Stroman uh, a one or two year deal, it won't burn you that much, regardless of how much you pay him. And just um, given the New York connection, I think, think it's a pretty good fit. Yeah, definitely not a bad one. Um, he could go back to Toronto. Um, I know he liked it up there. He was doing really well with them, um, and they need arms too. Uh, but I was yeah, maybe the, the Angels could be somewhere else. He goes. Just yeah, I was trying to think of teams with lots of bats and no arms, and the Yankees <laughs> were the first team that came to mind. Yeah, I, actually, now you say it, I'm I'm saying he goes to the Angels. Mm. New new front office. They want to spend money. They want to make a mark with their owner. They go Stroman. He's Bob, he's worth a shot at this point. Yeah, yeah. Bobby, your thoughts? Um, another AL team, AL East team that has money and no arms is uh, the Red Sox. So I think, I think they take a run at him. I think that he's going to be with the. He's not necessarily the the big name, one of the big names per se. So I think he kind of falls through the cracks a little, slips. Uh, slips through while everybody's going after a big name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he opted out of this season. Um, so he didn't get to showcase himself, but that might've been a good thing. You never know. He could have gotten hurt during the year. Um, so yeah, I'm interested to see where he ends up. That could change. That could swing a lot of things in a lot of places. Um, all right. Uh, for Marcus Semyon, uh, he coming out of free agency from the Oakland athletics as the shortstop, uh, Last year in 2019, he finished third in MVP voting. Uh, he had 33 homers, slash 285, 369, 522 with an slug or an OPS of 892 and an OPS plus of 139. He drastically improved his shortstop defense. And then 2020 came and he hit 223 with a 305 on base, 374 slugging, which is really, really low. His, OP, his slugging dropped by 150 points, which is never good. And uh, his OPS plus was a 91. Um, but, yeah, big, definitely a big drop off. But I think there are teams that would still be w- willing to bet on that, um, him, him coming back on the other side. So teams that need a shortstop, uh, Los Angeles Angels, uh, Oakland Athletics, though I worry about the money they would shell out for him, uh, the Philadelphia Phillies potentially, uh, the Cincinnati Reds, and um, if the Yankees choose to move Glaber to second and, and get and uh, pass on DJ, they could sign him and put him at shortstop. Your guys' initial thoughts before I give my prediction? Yeah, I was um, pretty underwhelmed by Semyon uh, as as a whole. Um, Never been that big of a uh, of a Semyon fan, and yeah, this this year he was uh, he was not great in the postseason. Um, I I actually I don't I I don't think I think the A's go go another way. Um, I actually think there's a uh, decent chance he ends up in Philadelphia. 
Okay. Okay. David, your thoughts on that? Um, I was really disappointed that Marcus Semyon played the way he did this year, just because even if he had half of what he did the year before, he would have made a ton of money, especially compared to what he's probably going to get now. He's still going to get a decent amount, but um, I actually think he's going to stay with the A's. I think if wow. that poor year benefited anybody, it benefited the A's in the long run because they're not a team that's going to spend some heinous amount on anybody. And that might've dropped the, the margins down a little bit. Um, he's from the Bay area seems to like it out there and might be willing to take a hometown discount a little bit as well. So I think he'll be back out in Oakland. That might, yeah, I, I hadn't even uh, thought of that, how much it benefits Oakland in that sense <laughs> from like the bargaining standpoint. Uh, my prediction though, is going to be uh, the Cincinnati Reds. They have finished 27th in shortstop OPS uh, uh, this past year. And the offensive production from the shortstop position has been a gaping hole for the Reds for as long as I can remember. Uh, you had Jose Iglesias there for a long time. Uh, you tried your shot with, uh, I believe, Jose Peraza and Freddie Galvis. It's really just not worked. I think they're a team that's a bit more into gambling, and I think they take a shot on Semyon, um, see if he can bounce back. And that's a great hitter's park. Plus, he's a right-handed bat, and they they need one of those. So Their postseason performance would suggest they could use some more offense. <laughs> yes. All right, uh, Bobby, tell us about D.D. Gregorius. Um, yeah, so he signed the one-year one year deal with the Phillies. Um, after the Tommy John surgery, he – he raked what at 280, 284, 10 home runs, 40 RBIs. He really helped himself out. Um, the, like you said, that if if the Yankees let DJ go, I think the Yankees are gonna try to get him back. The Angels also need a shortstop. Phillies are gonna try to re-sign him. Um, and then we talked about the athletics, but it, he's. He, he really drove up his bargain this year. So I, I find it hard to believe that the, uh, the athletics are going to, going to shell out the money for that. Um, I actually think he, uh, I think he goes to uh, Los Angeles with the angels. That's my uh, prediction there. I like that pick a lot. That's what I was going to say. Same here. All right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that sells that. Uh, David, uh, tell us about Michael Brantley. Uh, Michael Brantley rakes, regardless of where he is or regardless of what year it is, Michael Brantley is going to hit and he's probably going to hit around 300, um, which is exactly what he did in 2020 and had an 840 OPS to go along with that. He hit five homers and um, he's getting up there in age. He's also struggled with injuries in the past. So signing him is always a little bit of a gamble, but I think he is the perfect fit for the Chicago White Sox. I don't imagine they're going to bring Edwin Encarnacion back. And if you plug Michael Brantley right in that DH role, he's sort of like an old school kind of guy, perfect for Tony La Russa and um, <laughs> would be great to have around those younger outfielders as well. So I think that's a really dangerous lineup already. And it becomes deadly once you add Michael Brantley into the mix. Wow. That's a good call. Um, geez. I guess the White Sox could be added to that list of names uh, for Marcelo Zuna as well. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, geez, I, I, I think he's just going to stay in Houston. He's had success there. He's had health there for the most part. Um, he's got the family. I don't know if he wants to pick it up and move again. I think he sticks around in Houston. They're going to be hurting if uh, if they lose him and Springer in the same offseason for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Very much so. Bobby. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I think they lose Springer, so I, I see them keeping Brantley after that. Good call. All right. Uh, the last uh, free agent um, assigned to just one of us is Justin Turner, the third baseman from the Los Angeles Dodgers, and also a guy who doesn't like to wear masks. Um, in six of the last seven years, his OPS plus has been at least 130, which is just really a testament to how much of a professional hitter he is on uh, the year. He didn't do that. He was a 121 um, teams that need a third baseman. 
the Dodgers, uh, the Diamondbacks finished near the bottom of the totem pole um, in terms of third base and OPS plus. And uh, the Mets, they they went after third baseman Todd Frazier uh, at the trade deadline, and he's a free agent. So I don't know what they're doing over at third base. Um, and another team that I personally think need a third baseman or just need a bat in general is the Washington Nationals who will be my prediction to land Justin Turner, moving Carter Keboom over to second base. Uh, the Dodgers have this guy, Edwin Rios, set to take over at third base, but I might be predicting that the Dodgers trade for Francisco Lindor. So that, that, that's uh, – I think the Dodgers are fine moving off the money for now, um, and I think they have other bigger things to look forward to the nationals were my pick too so uh i don't really have much more to say besides that they could definitely use somebody they never really recovered from losing anthony rendon and carter Keboom certainly did not live up to what everybody expected it, it obviously it was his first year so he still has plenty of time to grow but i think turner is the perfect fit for him yep i have him going to dc as well all right well let's uh settle then Justin Turner to DC. All right. The last big free agent we're going to talk about is Trevor Bauer. This guy is having a field day on social media. (laughs) He wants every fan base to want him. He's saying, Oh, this team might be needing some starting pitching. Well, what about this team? What about this one? Oh, you guys up in Boston? How about New York? Los Angeles? Yes. No. What about San Francisco? Huh? What about uh, Cincinnati? Like you guys. He wasn't so hot on the Braves fans trolling him on uh, social media, but they need some starting pitching. <laughs> Maybe the Marlins. You never know. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, what are you guys' thoughts on Trevor Bauer? Um, as a fan of an NL East team, I want Trevor Bauer to get as far away as he possibly can. <laughs> and um, – I don't like the idea of him going to the Braves because that would be disgusting. I don't like the idea of him going to the Marlins because that would also be disgusting. (laughs) I think if there's any team that's been searching for an ace for far too long, it is the Los Angeles angels. And that is where I have Trevor Bauer ending up this off season. Yeah, that's uh, definitely um, something that is on a lot of people's top of the board um, for a landing spot for him. Uh, Bobby, what what are you thinking? Um. I have not really seen a whole lot of it lately, but um, I really like the idea of him to the Padres. I liked it a yes. lot before the uh, the uh, Clevenger trade, mm-hmm. and uh, I think I, I think I like it. I think I like it more now. Um, he was he was boys with Clev in Cleveland, so um, they still kept in touch. I I think I think he. I think he, that entices him even more. And he's a Southern California boy. Is I, I thought he just went to UCLA. I don't, is he from there? I think he's from LA. Okay. Anyway. Um, yeah. I, I'm seeing a lot of names pop up. Um, I, I think <laughs> I'm just trying to get into the head of Trevor Bauer. Never a safe thing to do, but he um, he's been in the Midwest for most of his career. Um, and I think he foresees himself making him making it out to the West coast at the end of his career, but a market that he needs to hit and guys, he needs to talk to for his social media pages. He's always looking for somebody new to talk to. And, uh, this team has a lot of fun guys on it and, uh, some potentially fun ones coming up in the future. And that is the New York Yankees. I think he signs a fat one year contract with the Yankees um makes his rounds there and then moves on um after that plus they're set to win a world series title if they had some dang starting pitching so (laughs) you think he can put aside his beef with garrett cole i think it would be even more fun yeah (laughs) because dude imagine the two of them like going one two in the rotation it's like hey i went eight innings one run he went seven innings two runs who's better like come on that'd be so fun (laughs) like oh geez that that would be an every fifth day just storyline to watch for sure um 
something very interesting. I, I, I'd be very interested to see what his contract looks like because he's been taking data about his body for the past like four years or whatever. And he claims that he can go every fourth day. He can pitch every fourth day. So if a team guarantees that he starts every fourth day, he may just sign with them just to prove that it works. <laughs> like the numbers don't decrease. If I'm a team, I, I hate the idea of that so much, and there is no way I'm ever letting him do it. <laughs> I'm sure whatever metrics Trevor Bauer has are far more advanced and intelligent than just me thinking about it in my head. But if I'm making a huge investment, no, you are not pitching the every uh, every fourth day. You're, you're going out there every other or every fifth day like everyone else. Yeah, I don't know if a team would do it for the money spent, <laughs> but uh, you never know. Like, guys were doing it back then, and they were shoving. So, anyway, I think that'd be fun to see. All right, let's uh, let's move on to our draft now of best player nicknames. Does anyone want to go first? Bobby, it's your draft. You go first. All right, uh, first pick, I'm going to take Boomstick, Nelson Cruz. <laughs> Nelson Cruz, yes. Absolutely love the love that nickname and the uh, the origins. Pretty cool of it uh, coming from. I think it was MLB like two K ten. The uh, the creators of the game just gave it gave it to him for a uh, commercial and it stuck. Yeah, boomstick baby. I just love that home run call <laughs> when he was yes. with the Mariners for so long. Boomstick baby. <laughs> All right, uh, I'm, I've been giving David a lot of the early picks, so I'm going to take this next one. I'm going to go with the guy that basically invented the uh, baseball nickname, uh, George Herman Ruth. You might know him as Babe or the Bambino or the Sultan of Swat, the King of Crash, the Colossus of Clout. <laughs> Colossus of Clout? Yes, thank you, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> or one of the twins, I don't know. Um I'll have to rewatch Sandlot. Anyway, um, yeah, th this guy basically was larger than life. If he was George Ruth, it wouldn't be as fun as Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth definitely makes Babe Ruth, Babe Ruth. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, definitely uh, towards the top of any draft of this kind. I don't know how many people have actually drafted stuff like this, but we might be the first. So <laughs> should be at the top. David, your pick. So I just Googled old-timey baseball names uh, to try to find some good ones, and that I did. So um, my first pick is coming with Oil Can Boyd. Yes. <laughs> had a career from 1982 to 1991. Pretty impressive career, actually. Finished 78 and 77, ERA just above four, and had just under 800 strikeouts, 799. And Oil Can Boyd gained his nickname uh, because of his beer drinking days in his hometown of Meridian, Mississippi, where they refer to beer as oil. So this dude <laughs> drinks and this dude shoves. Shout out to Oil Can Boyd. <laughs> yes. I have uh, all those baseball cards that I bought, you know, um, those old ones. Uh, a couple of more Oil Can Boyd baseball cards. <laughs> Keep them, <laughs> frame them, grade them, do whatever you got to do. He's a legend. Yeah, definitely a, a good one for sure. Uh, Bobby, your next pick. Uh, with my next pick, I'm going to stay with the home run nicknames, and I'm going to go with Bringer of Rain with Josh Donaldson. That's Just a good one. Love that one. I liked uh, what they are doing last year in Atlanta when they had, like, the umbrella. <laughs> Whenever he would hit a home run, that was that was a good one. A little dugout party. <laughs> All right, um, here's mine. Uh, his birth certificate says Pablo Sandoval, but everyone in San Francisco knows him as Kung Fu Panda. Yeah, and I, I think this is one of the most perfect nicknames for a guy. I like referencing the movie, like uh, like a very unathletic looking panda, but is like a freaking karate master. And then you got Pablo Sandoval, but he's playing gold glove defense on some nights. Like <laughs> the Kung Fu Panda, he was doing it all 
absolute legend in San Francisco's 2014 postseason will go down in history. That that guy was awesome. He had three home runs in a game in the World Series. One of only a few people that that can actually say that. Um, so yeah, Kung Fu Panda. That's what I didn't even think of, but definitely should have been included in this. Yep, yep. Davey, what, what's your next pick? Um, if you know me, you know I love this one. Aristides Aquino, The Punisher, El Castigador. Yes. I think yes. that's hard. <laughs> I, I really like it. Um, dude mashes, he punishes baseball. So El Castigador, The Punisher, whatever language you speak, that's that's the one I'm going with. That, that, that's a great one. The Punisher. I love how he just runs on the bases like this. Just yeah, you know, I'm stronger than you. Skull. <laughs> I love it. Yes. Bobby. Um, with my next pick, gonna stay with uh or yeah, go with uh another San Francisco giant from the uh early 2010s. I'm gonna go with Tim Lincecum as the freak. The freak. Fit, fit him well. He had freaky stuff. He was definitely a freak off the field. He, he's <laughs> one of the more interesting players that has ever walked walked on the diamond. So That guy was a stud, man. He was a beast. <laughs> he was definitely a, a lightning in a bottle. He was uh, unbelievable. <laughs> All right, uh, here's my next um, nickname, as it were. Uh, Willie Mays, the Say Hey Kid. A pretty uh, bland nickname on the surface, but it gained so much more power because of what Willie Mays was able to do as the the Say Hey Kid. Uh, People rank him as the number one baseball player of all time. I really wish there was like 2020 level camera quality back in like the 1960s. Julius, just so we could see what the heck he was like. Cause everything you get is like him when he's like old and fat. Um, <laughs> there's that really grainy uh, video of him in the world series, like the over the shoulder catch, but like, that's about it. I, I can't really, I don't really know any other Willie Mays videos. So I, I really wish we had 2020, uh, level camera quality but yeah to say hey kid put some stack cast on him (laughs) david your next pick uh sort of a weird one but i'll go Derek holland as the dutch oven (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) i I always thought it was a funny play on words and then just a funny nickname in general so um Derek holland had a couple years there where he was he was cooking people, and he was the Dutch oven. Uh, the Dutch oven. So that's yeah. where I'll go with my- for sure. <laughs> the Dutch oven. I love. I love that one. Bobby. Ah, uh, see, with my next pick, what are we gonna do? Yeah, we'll go. We'll go with uh, Ken Griffey Jr. as the kid. I just yeah. think that's one of the. Uh, one of those nicknames that most people our generation know, especially the generation before us, just once once in a generation talent. Yeah, for sure. And all, all the best footage we have of him as in Seattle and smiling, backwards hat, you know, just hitting dingers, just playing like a kid. He loved baseball, you know. So def- definitely a, a really good uh, nickname for sure. Um, I'm going to go, I'm kind of between two. I'll pick the next. Um, I'm going to go with, uh, Iron Man, Cal Ripken Jr. Uh, if there ever was a name to describe somebody, it would be Iron Man. (laughs) The guy played in 2,632 consecutive games. Like that, that, that doesn't even sound real. (laughs) (laughs) This is a guy that got up and went to work seven days a week. Nobody does that. Cal Ripken did it. And he was unbelievable as well. Um, played through every injury you can imagine. And he, he was the most dependable guy out there. Iron man, Cal Ripken. 
He earned it. Yes. Dave. I've got Bill Spaceman Lee with this pick. <laughs> I know nothing about Bill Lee, but I know if you're the Spaceman, I like you. So, uh, <laughs> All-Star, 1973, Boston Red Sox Hall of Fame, Bill Spaceman Lee. Yeah, I think he was like an all-star some, uh, some, at some point. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I'd like to know the oranges on that one. I'm sure he had some weird uh, conspiracy theories or whatnot to make him the spaceman, but definitely uh, something interesting for sure. Bobby, what's your uh, last pick? My last pick, I'm going to go with William Roger Clemens, a.k.a. The Rocket. Yes. Roger Rocket. I yeah that that I uh, yes I can't even I don't have words for it just the arm on that guy rocket yeah I I, I would have liked to see uh, Statcast on his fastball just to yeah, see what he, it was like he brought the heat because um, everyone says they couldn't see it so all right uh for my last uh nickname that i'm going to draft um it's going to be scrabble for mark shepsinski <laughs> i can't even say it <laughs> uh but you know the guy when you see it um that, that that one's just a fantastic one um mark shepsinski um he's also a guy that's just like been around for a while um there's two other guys whose uh nickname was i chart because their last names were guost spelled g w o s d z <laughs> and uh, another one was uh mentkiewicz spelled m i e n k or m-i-n-t-k-i-e-w-i-c-z just adding letters for no reason um, <laughs> but, uh, Mark Shevsimsky, his last name is spelled R Z E P C Z Y N S K I. Um, if you I don't just count, ask if you can spell that without looking, <laughs> no, I, I'm looking directly at it. Uh, <laughs> if you don't count the Y as a vowel, there is seven consecutive consonants in his last name. <laughs> So, Scrabble, Mark Shosimsky. <laughs> I, I can't even say it right. Anyway, David, uh, bring us home. Last pick is 1975's National League save leader, Al the Mad Hungarian Roboski. Yes. What a that name. speaks for itself. <laughs> I don't need to say anything else. That guy was scary if you ever watch footage of him. Yeah. <laughs> He's, was he the guy that always like threw the ball in the glove and like? I think so. Yeah, not Hungarian. <laughs> <laughs> he grew out the handlebar mustache just to add to it. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, other notable nicknames in baseball that we did not get to: uh, David Arias. Some most of you know him as David Ortiz, or maybe even Big Poppy. Uh, Lor- Lawrence Barra. Everyone knows him as Yogi. Pete Rose. Charlie Hustle, Joe Jackson, everyone called him Shoeless Joe, Ozzie Smith, the Wizard, Noah Syndergaard, Thor, uh, Mark Fidrich, the Bird. That that one's a good one. Um, <laughs> that guy was a weirdo for sure. Um, and then another one is Mark Mike Mike Hargrove, the Human Rain Delay, who between every single pitch and an at bat would just make more changes and adjustments than uh nomar garcia para <laughs> but uh any other good nicknames you guys saw uh, billy put in head jones is one of my favorites <laughs> i have a baseball card to him that, and it just says put in head jones that's the only reason why i know he exists or existed <laughs> that's a good one for sure <laughs> randy johnson the big unit big unit yes yes um, Joey Bats, uh, the big hurt, uh, Sandman, uh, Mariano Rivera. Yeah, that's a good one. Yep. All right. We're gonna bring it all home with this song lyric or movie quote of the day. So, as I alluded to earlier, I'm I love music, I know a lot of things about music, but I don't always know the lyrics. 
<laughs> so this one is from uh, Billy Joel's It's Still Rock and Roll to Me. I just realized this today. Uh, so I originally thought the lyric went, what's the matter with the clothes I'm wearing? Can't you tell that your tie's too white? The actual lyric is, what's the matter with the clothes I'm wearing? Can't you tell that your tie's too wide? Um, I'm just an idiot, or he says it weird. Uh, <laughs> that's about it. <laughs> I don't even know that song. <laughs> so, sorry, I don't know most of the songs you bring here. So let's. Yeah, see you, no, you're good, good, man. I like it. You could have told me the lyric was whatever you thought it was, and I would have believed. <laughs> That's fair, Dave. Let's hear it. I've got Kanye West today. Uh, I haven't done Kanye in a while, so this is no more parties in L.A. Texting and driving down Mulholland Drive. That's why I'd rather take the 405. I'd be worried about my daughter. I'd be worried about Kim, but Saint is baby yay. I ain't worried about him. Uh, <laughs> I just think that's kind of cool. <laughs> so that's what I picked. That's a good one. Is that like a newer song? Or uh, No, it came out on um, uh, The Life of Pablo, whenever that, I think. That maybe. was our senior year of high school. Uh, yeah, I was about to say either our senior year, or high school, or college. Yeah. Gotcha. It's like five years ago. Uh, all right, Bobby, what uh, what's your song lyric or movie quote? So uh, last night I was watching Miracle on Ice, and that one of my favorite movies, just littered with fantastic uh, quotes. And during the uh, video montage of. Uh, Herb Brooks, the head coach, showing them uh, the Soviet practice tape. Someone whispers, uh, do those guys ever smile? And uh, Jack O'Callaghan, who's one of my favorite characters in the movie, uh, he jokes out loud. He says, they're Russians. They get shot if they smile. Makes me laugh every time. (laughs) Yeah, that was the uh, state of affairs back then. Um, (laughs) Very interesting. They listed those uh, hockey players as uh, military officers. So they were still considered amateurs, despite the fact that they they were like in their late 30s. Um, <laughs> and just destroying other teams in the Olympics year after year after year. <laughs> Weird that they would do something corrupt. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> I think there's like a 30 for 30 on those guys. Um Hey, they ain't bad guys. <laughs> they ain't bad guys for sure. All right. Uh, thank you, David, so much. And thank you, Bobby, for coming up with the draft and joining the show. Another good one. Yes, thank you, Will.